Hello viewers, Canadians, friends, foes. My name is Roberto and this is uh, Nico Johnson, my co-host. And uh, welcome to our uh, yet-to-be-named podcast. So this is going to be a weekly breakdown of what's going on in the Great White North. Uh, just see what's happening. A lot of news items, a lot of uh, 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 talking smack, a lot of fun times. Make it a little lighthearted uh, since the entire world is burning to a fine crisp. So uh, yeah, let's just rock and roll. We're here. We're here to have fun, man. Yeah, and we are yet to come up with a name, as uh, as Bobby said. So if you have any suggestions, put them in the comments. Uh, if they're good, we'll consider it, I guess. I think people are going to say some really mean stuff. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a dangerous game. But uh, once again, and I'm not sure whether this is a good or bad thing, it's just been a mental week in Canada. And there's so much to discuss. So we've sort of got a list of things to go through. And, uh, and we're starting, I think, with my favorite topic of the week, which was Trudeau's 24-second pause uh, when he was asked to talk about race, I think, in, in, uh, in America and systematic racism in Canada. But it didn't go down too well, did it, Roberto? Well, uh, let's give credit where credit's due. It was 21 seconds. Uh, t 24, that's, you know, three seconds is a long time. Uh, but the 21 second pause when he was asked about uh, race relations in the United States and Donald Trump. And uh, he gave a lengthy pause. I'm sure everyone's seen it by now. Um, and he didn't even say Donald Trump's name. He couldn't even utter the name because he's a, a bit of a baby. He's afraid of offending him uh, again ever since he uh, talked all that smack behind his back at NATO and made himself kind of look like a, like a child when he was... <laughs> When he was laughing around with uh, Emmanuel Macron and uh, I think Bojo, they were all just having a laugh at Trump. Didn't look good. And ever since then, I feel like he's really uh, careful about saying the right thing because he doesn't want to uh, uh, upset our neighbor to the south. <laughs> Slightly more cynical than you because here's how I view this whole thing. I used to do what Trudeau did with that pause. And the reason why is because I thought it would make me seem more intelligent. And I did it for about a month when I was in grade 11. And then after a while, I, I remember a teacher taking me aside and, and saying, look, Nico, nobody thinks it's particularly clever. We just know you're doing it for dramatic effect. And it's totally true. He had a difficult question. And it's about, it's obviously, a really, really sensitive subject. Yeah. And in order to sort of showboat his virtue to Canadians and Americans everywhere, he mm -hmm. paused for 21 seconds to think about it before delivering some sort of monotone talking point. He's such a moron. Yeah, so it was a it wasn't a it wasn't a great answer. He basically said we watch in horror at what's going on in the United States and you know just a bunch of claptrap didn't really mean anything wasn't really a great answer. And yeah, I do kind of agree. It was a 20 second pause and he did that thing with his jaw where he was like, eh, you know, like as if he was really thinking about it, but I think basically he was trying to make up an answer that was not stepping on any toes it was like it was so milk toast and unoffensive or it's just you know just say what you want to say for once you know every answer the guy gives is like he's g giving a speech at the start of a movie to motivate someone um meanwhile i just want to hear your opinion dude you know it's just people like that stuff uh i guess that's how he wins the the gets votes i don't know i i, I mean it's, what, I what irritated me about this issue in particular 
is that before he made that pause, a few days before that, he, he gave a sort of a lecture to Canadians on the systematic racism which exists, arguably, yeah. within Canada. Right. And, uh, and this is a guy, let us not forget, who wore blackface literally an uncountable number of times. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't know how many times he did it. And he has the audacity. Like, imagine the balls it must take to have him wore blackface. And everyone knows he's worn blackface. And then lecture a whole country of 36 million people. And by the way, probably the most multicultural and diverse country on earth on, on you know, how Canada's failed in racism. Yeah. We know. You're a prime example, Harry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My favorite, I always see, my favorite detail that people seem to totally forget. They go, well, you know, we all made mistakes when we were young. Mm. He was 29 years old. <laughs> <laughs> He's 29 years old. He was a teacher. He thought it was a good idea multiple times. That one where he's like in when he was a kid or whatever, and he's like uh, in blackface, and he put a thing in his pants to simulate God knows what's going on there. He painted his tongue black. He sticks out his tongue <laughs> to show he really likes to black up. I mean, it's been beaten to death, but with the uh, with the polish and it, <laughs> another great moment of the election was when he was like in a classroom of kids and these two sort of young black girls came up to him and said, so why did you wear blackface? And like he gave, you know, the, the response that he mustered up in Winnipeg. And then they asked him a follow-up question. Did you paint like all your legs as well? And like under your clothes? He's like, yeah, I, I did do that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was really committed to the bit, which, you know, uh, it's, uh, it's funny in a way, but it's also really not funny. <laughs> I mean, um, that's the thing that I find. Like, you, you, there was that uh, governor, or I think he was running to be governor in one of the southern states in the U.S., and it was found yeah. that he also wore blackface. Yeah. But that he was like, he's sixty now, and he wore blackface in like the seventies or something. Yeah. Who wore blackface in 2001 or 2000 when he was 29 years old? That's 10 years older than me. You know? <laughs> and it's like, how could he not understand that that was a bit dodgy? Yeah, no, he, he, he's, he's just a, he patronizes. No one really cares for it. And that's why that answer was so annoying. It's cause, just because he was trying to dance around uh, offending anyone. And that's just, you know. I think it's because I'll go back to this. I think it's because he's afraid. He's afraid of Donald Trump. I think he's afraid of Xi Jinping, who is, uh, you know, uh, basically a dictator in China. I think they asked him straight up uh, like two days ago if if he was afraid of Xi Jinping and it, like a yes or no question. You know, are you afraid of Xi Jinping? And uh, he just gave, you know, same kind of answer, just like we respect China kind of kind of stuff. Uh, meanwhile, and meanwhile, he might install 5G towers from Huawei. Can't even say no to that. Everyone else in the world knows that's a bad idea. Meanwhile, we have Trudeau, who's still dancing around and saying, like, we want to do what's best for telecommunications and what keeps Canadians safe. Well, I don't know. It doesn't sound like you're doing either of those things. <laughs> well, it's weird because Canada is naturally very close with the Anglosphere and other countries in NATO. Yeah, And we've watched, and I, I think conservatives are particularly irritated about this, is we've watched our allies, and it's not just Donald Trump, it's Emmanuel Macron, it's Dominic Garab in the UK, it's the, it's the uh, Australian Prime Minister, all come out and pretty robustly condemn the Chinese regime. Yeah. You know? and, it yeah. and it's not as though this is a particularly 
great stand. They're properly vicious, you know, the Beijing apparatchiks. And, and Trudeau still to this day only sort of mutters in disapproval whenever they send the troops into Hong Kong or, or sort of, you know, threaten economic leverage over Canada or detain two of our citizens, our two Michaels. Yeah, and uh, yeah, Canada has two less Michaels. But uh, I, and also, I'm gonna I'm gonna get mad at a second at the media, at the people that are supposed to be doing you know the hard hitting uh, journalism. Yesterday was the 31st anniversary of Tiananmen Square, where China says nothing happened, but everyone knows a lot of people died, and we, there's proof. There's really iconic photos and moments <laughs> that that the entire world has seen, and they still deny. Um, where was the press yesterday asking about, like, just throw it out there. Easy. Just, it's not even a gotcha. It's just like, do you, do you, st like, do you stand with the people of, uh, Tiananmen, like Beijing on this day, 31st anniversary? I mean, I saw Aaron O'Toole, uh, just, you know, and a couple other, uh, candidates. They just at least gave a tweet. I don't even know if Tr Trudeau gave a tweet. He's so afraid of, of offending Xi Jinping. Who thinks he's a, a, a dweeb, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. Well, the, the next, we should move briskly on to the next subject. And that's yeah, enough about my that. favorite news of today, which was Patty Hajdu's uh, sort of public health agency sort of quietly removed Chinese data. Like, they didn't tell anyone. <laughs> they just took it out of the reports on the coronavirus. And this comes after the health minister, Patty Hajdu, who, by the way, used to be a graphic designer. Our last health secretary was a doctor, but she was forced <laughs> out of caucus. Just sort of a bit of a digression, I apologize, but just yeah. Yeah, you know. And a few months ago, she, when reporters came out and said, so American intelligence is saying China forged their data. That's a conspiracy theory. How yeah. dare you do that? You're encouraging sort of right-wing reactionary hate speech. And now it just turns out to be total bollocks once again. Uh, yeah, Don't, didn't everyone kind of go, oh, that's really weird, when China had no new cases for, like, a month? <laughs> Wasn't that kind of odd that the... For says that they have less deaths and cases than Canada, and it's a country of, like, one billion people. Yeah, no. It, Six million. Yeah, and this is the thing, Patricia, you're not fooling anyone. You know, there's no way everyone in the in the world <laughs> knows that China was lying. They lie about stuff all the time. They deny tragedies where who knows how many people died in Tiananmen. Some say a couple hundred. The highest I've seen is 3000. That would be almost impressive. But it, it, it's blatant lies. Everyone's known forever that that they're not telling the truth. They're forging data. Policy is lying. Pardon? They, they have ministries set up for the purpose of lying. Yes, they're propagandists. They're super concerned about their image. It's something they're really sensitive about, even though everyone knows that uh, they're, they're not up to anything that's particularly good. They're power hungry, and they have a lot of leverage. And I say that all the time. It's not a nice guy to play ball with. And Patty, what are you doing? I thought you were supposed to protect Canadians. I thought you were supposed to... The health minister is just listening to lies. And then you have another... I can't remember who, who it was. Another minister... Uh, I think she was in the cabinet. Yeah, cabinet minister uh, that that said it's not the who's role to challenge data from China. Uh, yeah, it is sort of. I mean, it's pretty directly their duty to make sure the information they're putting out there is honest, truthful, accurate. Because people are dying from the virus, and it's if if China's withholding data, then you know I, I'm just gonna go out and say it. Shame on them. I have to say, there's a, it's a strong word, Bobby. I have to say, 
there's a there's a lot of incompetent ministers in Trudeau's government, and, and there's a, you know Bill Morneau, for instance, who's just like this trust fund kid who yeah. found himself where he is. Um, you know, I, I don't think Justin Trudeau is particularly competent. Uh, you know, there's a few others like Marion Monset, who's just totally moronic. But Patty Hajdu takes the cake. Like, <laughs> she's just because of, again, it all stems back to the 50 50 cabinet because they needed to replace a really competent health minister with a woman. And yeah. there wasn't anyone available. So they just chose this Karen. And she even looks like a Karen. You know, she's got the hair and everything. <laughs> And, and surprise, surprise, she's totally useless at her job. Like, you're just messing up steps along the way and turning it into, like, the pandemic into a political progressive project. Yeah, and by the way, what bucket of chum did they find Dr. Teresa Tam in? Holy hell. <laughs> I mean, talk about... Uh, you know, I at first I wanted to like her, right? Because she's the doctor. She's like the authoritarian, authoritative source of information, and she's you know she she talks in this way that's like kind of like oh she has an accent that's cool. She must really know her stuff. I don't know what that. And she just seems like a very she seemed competent. Yeah, she seemed very competent, right? Uh, but then what 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 happened? A, a few as it maybe last week, earlier this week, Doctor Teresa Tam. Uh, in regards to all the uh, riots and protests that are happening, she says, oh, yeah, yeah, you can go to them, you know, but make sure you take precautions. For example, and uh, uh, this is a key thing you have to make sure, uh, don't yell. Yelling is actually a good way to spread the virus. Uh, use other noise instruments, which I don't know, and signage to get the message out there. Um, hold on a second there, Doc. <laughs> For the last four months, you've been... That's not how this thing works. I feel like I know that's not how this works. Don't you just have to breathe on a guy and then he dies? Uh, meanwhile, she's telling us that we can, we're allowed to get in these big groups of protest. I don't know. Apparently, the, the, the uh, racism cured coronavirus. I'm not sure how that really worked out. But it, it's, I don't know if it's going to be a surprise to anyone if there's a big spike in cases. And, of course, the narrative's just going to be we wouldn't have to be out there if there wasn't systemic racism which yeah i guess but don't you think <laughs> don't you think you should maybe just stay at home isn't that what you've been saying for the last three months yelling at me for going to the park adhered to the lockdown policy most closely and were really quite you know almost militant with lockdown policies and it's the same sort of people it's university educated um metropolitan young canadians right mm -hmm. so these people who literally a week ago were publicly shaming people who weren't adhering to lockdown policies closely enough are now on the streets protesting the sort of black lives matter movement and you know mm -hmm. fair enough because it, it is an important issue but i think and i don't know controversial point but i think it reveals just the meaninglessness of the modern world that you have this whole generation of yuppies you cling to any movement that's slightly bigger than themselves to give mm -hmm. them some direction in life. And you, you see it with the environmental movement. You know, they've got sort of Joan of Arc, Greta Thunberg, who's sort of the, the, the savior. No, they have martyrs. They have martyrs. It's, a, it's, basically, it's like a pseudo-religion. Congrats on tossing out religion and replacing it with religion. It's the, it's the same thing. You have idols and worship and praise, prayers and 
you they have hymns they have hymns that they repeat like oh better save the planet or whatever i can't i can't really <laughs> whatever they they have mantras that they say to themselves it's a, it's a religion because they have no no meaning <laughs> and i think that's why they react so strongly so if you are to criticize the environmental uh, movements if you are to criticize lockdown policies or a few weeks ago if you were to criticize lockdown policies if you were to criticize the violence and looting that's going on in montreal states right now um, you know, that you become a white supremacist because it is attacking the things that they hold most dear. You know, it, it's, it's, you're attacking something that's really important to them. And it goes beyond. Yeah. Did you see those videos? There's only a couple, but they, they're out there. These, 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 uh, Karens, let's just say, uh, the, uh, that were giving people, uh, flack for cleaning up Black Lives Matter graffiti. Well, one of the that was the one in London. There's one from the U.S. where it's just BLM, just like crudely on a government building, just a BLM, and uh, they're cleaning it off because it doesn't look good. I mean, it's graffiti. Everyone hates graffiti. This graffiti's okay, and so they're scrubbing it off. And the the lady goes up and is like, "Hey, why are you cleaning that?" <laughs> She's like, "Oh, because it's graffiti. It's fuck. It, it looks disgusting," <laughs> and and and. Uh, Hey, well, that's, you know, don't you like, you're not, you don't support Black Lives Matter? Oh, no, that's not really the case. I just don't like graffiti. Not allowed anymore. You have to like Black Lives Matter graffiti. And if you clean it up, you're racist. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's bloody annoying. Um, moving swiftly on again, Ontario is not in a very good state. Under, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a bloody shame because I like Doug Ford a lot. And I, I like people in his government a lot. But not only has his government totally butchered uh, the pandemic and keeping people safe, they've also botched the economic reopening. So this month, job statistics were revealed for okay. May. And Ontario was the only province to not get more jobs, so to not have, like, start the recovery. And wow. it wasn't just, so Quebec, for instance, had 200,000 new jobs added in May. It's, wow. it, it's not bad, it's not good. But like they're recovering, right? Yeah. Um, Ontario, on the other hand, lost sixty-five thousand jobs this month. The only province to lose jobs, and it's sixty-five thousand jobs. It's mental, and it comes entirely from the fact that Ford is just unwilling to open up the province, and it's hurting people. Yeah. Well, this is the weird kind of thing with science, right? And it sounds weird when you say this, but it sounds. It seems like I watch the press conferences fairly often. And he keeps talking about, oh, we're going to go by the advice of our medical experts. The medical experts, are, if they had their way, they would just lock it. Like Everyone would be inside for like a year. The medical experts want as little virus as possible, right? Which makes sense. Fine. It's their job. But at this point, when it's getting to a point where we've been going on for months, you're still losing jobs. Every other province, apparently, I, I just learned, is, is gaining jobs. Don't you got to go with a little bit of gut instinct on this one and kind of take a charge, just have a stand? Uh, we all know where the virus is killing people. It's very sadly in old folks' homes. Well, I think that makes it pretty clear on what places people shouldn't be allowed to visit. <laughs> old folks homes and what people should be allowed to go about their day which i mean i i we uh we live in montreal things are pretty normal here uh generally in our neighborhood like we we live 
yeah, despite there's a pandemic, but people are, you know, you walk down the street, people take, you know, people are aware. There's hand sanitizer everywhere. You, you People are wearing a lot of masks. Uh, when you walk down the sidewalk, people will very visibly just go six feet away. People are taking little precautions. You can go to the park, get some sun in, in groups of like 10. It makes sense. And what Doug Ford is doing, he's he, he stopped making sense a long time ago because apparently Ontario is in the toilet. Uh, I feel like we just got to, at some point, bite the bullet and kind of move on with our lives because we can't just stay cooped up forever. He ran on the mandate to get Ontario open for business after years of, you know, liberal mismanagement under Kathleen Wynne and too much regulation. And it's like I'm living in this sort of strange horror world where the conservative premier is the most anti-business leader in the country, you know? It, it's, it's remarkable. And I, I don't understand, and again, we, we've made this point before, why you can't open up certain sectors of the economy, why you can't follow Alberta or Saskatchewan's or even Quebec's footsteps, you know? Mm-hmm. They keep, they've delayed the state of emergency for another month. There's, like, there's no end in sight. I don't know when he's going to lift it. And I, I don't understand why he's doing it because he's beginning to not only be criticised by the left wing, but now also the right wing in Ontario are jumping in saying, you know, you should probably open up if we're going to save these people's jobs. Yeah. So if Quebec, and I love Quebec, <laughs> I live here, I love the people, but they're not particularly the hardest working, let me say, they enjoy their free time, <laughs> I'll say. I feel like the pandemic was almost just a vacation most of the time, people were still going out to the park and whatever. If Quebec is outpacing you in job growth, Ontario the where Doug Ford you hear all the time the the economic powerhouse the might that we have that we're all capable of I didn't or if Quebec's beating you I think you might be doing a bad job and I'm sorry to say it people might be mad about that but I don't care <laughs> nobody nobody hears from Quebec <laughs> so another really exciting thing that happened this week was a Green Party leader for life Elizabeth May came out and offered refugee status to all minorities in America because Donald Trump has made the United States unsafe. Um, Roberto, what are your thoughts on this? Well, uh, the always rational and charming Elizabeth May and totally good-looking, lovely leader uh, came in with a real nice policy, (laughs) which I got to say, it's a little (laughs) far-fetched. Don't you think you knew the Green Party didn't have practical policies? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's kind of the thing, right? Because they've been a party for I don't know how long, what, 30, 40, probably 40, 45, 40, 45 years at this point. Uh, because they've been around so long and they've never done anything of substance, they won one extra seat in the last election and everyone was like, what the hell? Uh, <laughs> that's crazy. That's such an accomplishment. Um, <laughs> because they've been around for so long and they're never going to get elected to anything, they're never going to, like... They, they can just... They can say whatever they want. <laughs> they can be crazy. pathetic excuse for a political party. And they've been around, as you said, for ages... And everyone credits Elizabeth May with, oh, making this fantastic Green Party. Every election, they say, we're going to have a green wave this time, boys. It's really coming. We're going to win 20 seats in Canada. And over the course of, like, literally four decades, they've won three seats. Three seats over four decades. You know, Maxime Bernier's PPC, and say what you will about them, 
But you know, if, they, if you compare the growth of the two parties, was so much more successful this year, despite being, you know, a bit of a joke. Don't tell, you know, the Albertans that. Uh, <laughs> like, they, they still managed uh, to, to, to get a greater share, or, or a much greater share than they would have done than the Green Party, if uh, that was... Yeah, no, it's totally comparable. Uh, the Green Party is a joke. Everyone thinks they suck. That policy uh to what was it that okay so it was because donald trump has made america unsafe for minorities um just all minorities or is it this she like is it specifically black people uh is it like it's just all minorities that's gonna be a lot of refugees by the way i don't think yeah well that's her game and that's what she's always done she's never really said anything that's uh particularly clever never really put forward any solutions that have actually i mean even environmentalists don't really go to the green party because they're so uh poorly run but just mismanaged i gives you cancer and she has all these like batshit conspiracy theories jj mccullough uh, who followed me the other day? If you're watching this, JJ, how you doing? Oh, uh, that's cool. She, follow me. She made like a huge, or he made a huge list of every single weird thing Elizabeth May has ever said, and it's like four pages worth of unproven conspiracy theories. And it's not even about the environment. It's like, oh yeah, well, if you inhale diesel, you're gonna, you know, you you, hit, you get into a coma, or if you get Wi-Fi rays, your kids will be poisoned. Like yeah. really mental stuff. And you know. Uh, I know quite a, well, I don't know her, but like I've talked to her as a result of the job. Uh, I forget her name, but she's a new Green Party MP in New Brunswick. Fredericton, something like that. Yeah, in Fredericton. And she's really, really quite clever. And she's the future of the Green Party. But she can't get ahead, despite being really competent and intelligent, because you have this walrus that's leading you. And you can't, you know, you can't push her over and get her out of the way. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I don't know if you were there. I remember a, a few of us during the uh, Greta Thunberg craze of the last summer uh, went down to the uh, protests, the rallies, tons of people, like 500,000 people. We went around and did interviews. We talked to people, young students. I don't know how many people I actually spoke to that would that said they would vote Green Party. A lot of people at the time, I believe... Around that same time, the Green Party was surging. Apparently, they took. They at one point they were in third. I, I think they overtook Jagmeet in the polls before he came on and was super relatable and cool at the at the debates and started making TikToks and stuff. Um, but uh, we went around there, and I think the Green Party, even for students who suck and tend to have pretty crazy ideas, um, even for them, the Green Party doesn't fit their agenda because they don't really fit anyone's agenda. They're, they're a party of nothing. They're going to, I don't know how they're going to survive if Elizabeth May keeps running as leader. And just a, a point, I, look, it's a, it's a little bit of a low hanging fruit to uh, comment on. Uh, we're, we're, it's all in good fun, right? We're, we're, we're nice people. Um, but it, there is something to be said that <laughs> the posters, <laughs> when she was running... She was the only one that had a photoshopped poster. It was like an image of her in like a flower garland <laughs> and like looking like, uh, you know, like, like Mona Lisa, like not like Mona Lisa, like someone like as if she... it, there's something to be said about that. I don't know. At that point, shouldn't you just bite the bullet and just kind of be like, 
you know what? I'm not the most good looking. You know, no, I get what you're saying. No, I, I know this guy in the states, yeah. and he's a he's a journalist at a pretty respectable news outlet in the states, and yeah. he's American. He has no. I don't think he's ever been to Canada. Um, he's not Canadian in any way, shape, or form. But his hobby is looking at Green Party candidates and seeing how mental they are. So this guy lives in like Texas or something, <laughs> and he sends me information about candidates who are in the Green Party. And in particular, the riding of Ottawa Centre has just had some mental candidates, and they elect a mental candidate every time. So the first guy who ran for them in 2015 in the federal election was this guy called Thomas Milroy, and uh, and Mr. Milroy uh, took just extraordinary pleasure in the crash in oil prices, despite the fact that it, you know, sent thousands of people um, into sort of the dole line. And, uh, and he said, the UCP should be deported. Let's buy Alberta and turn it into a green economy, which obviously pissed off everyone in Alberta for, <laughs> I think, pretty legitimate reasons. Yeah. And then it turns out the same riding chose this girl, and I forget her name, and uh, but whatever, in 2018, who was just the most radical intersectionalist you could possibly find. And she joined a women's advocacy organization straight out of university, and she started working for it. And she was fired because she wouldn't stop watching TV at work. And then when the boss said to her, he's like, look, I need you to you know, report your work, just what any other boss would do. Like, imagine if we were doing that. You know, immediately someone would say, I need you to report your time. You need to let me know what you're doing because I've caught you watching TV a bunch of times. When she asked them to do that, they quit the company and created a social media campaign against the women's advocacy organization saying it was racist. And after that, they employed her and she just says the most idiotic things like you know it's not just a classic you know all cops are bastards you know it's not just saying that Canada is systematically racist she also goes a step further and and you know just blatantly is racist <laughs> towards white people in a way that you know no one else would be able to get away with and it was a huge shock that like we wrote this article about her and I got a lot of angry messages from Green Party members in Ottawa Centre but it's just, it's extraordinary how they just are so happy to let the strangest people run for them. Yeah, they really ride off their name, right? Just they're yeah. the Green Party. They're the Green Party. And if you like green, you like environment, then you should like the Green Party. Uh, regarding that, the, the, the young lady whose life you ruined, uh, I got to say, I did feel a little bad. Uh, not, I think she's a public figure. She's out there. She's totally she she should be criticized there's a lot to criticize there um but i feel a little bad because you kind of know that she just did that because it would look good on a resume she never knew she didn't think she was gonna win she never really thought it through she never really thought there would be a, a guy in montreal uh or texas apparently a guy in texas who who has a hobby of looking up green party candidates and informing journalists about how weird they are I don't think she ever saw that coming. <laughs> and to be fair, you're allowed to be dumb. You can be stupid, but if you're gonna you know, run, can, you know, lack of foresight isn't my fault here. I'm not responsible <laughs> for her decisions. You know? <laughs> well, let's uh, well let's just leave it there. I don't know. You do have to. It's in, you do have to be careful of what you write, I suppose, because some people do get pretty vicious. 
And, uh, but again, you know, I, I forget how many people read it. I think like 50,000 people read that article. And if there's like 200 people out of the 50,000 who get angry enough to send them pretty, you know, unsavory messages, then, you know, the damage is done. 200 people is, you know, attacking you online and you're like able to cope with as a human. Imagine if there's 200 people, you know, in the, on the street sort of uh, lambasting you, you know, how, how, yeah. how do you deal with that? So, uh, so I do take your point. It probably could have been done slightly better, but she also is in the public image, I would say, and, uh, and deserves to be criticized if you do run for parliament or provincial parliament in her case. So I'll take that as a non, you're, you're not apologizing. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no apology from Nico Johnson. We don't apologize on this, sh on this show. Um, well, I think that that about does it, right? Yeah, I think so. Great. Well, uh, I want to say to anyone that watched and enjoyed it, uh, give us a big old thumbs up. Uh, you can leave some name suggestions in the comments if you like. We have a few suggestions already. Uh, what the Canuck is a, is a, one of them. Uh, Whoa, Canada. That's a good one. Uh, the Weak Boys, because we're doing this, <laughs> we're doing this uh, once a week. Uh, but it, the Balling you know, Boys. The Double Entendre. The what? The Balling Boys. The, the balling boys, uh, because we're both ballers, of course. Uh, and uh, a few other ones that have been really good. Uh, I think Nico's haircut is a pretty funny name as well. Nico, you got to do something about that hair. Uh, so just leave it, leave it in the comments. Let us know what's going on. Uh, thank you for watching. We'll be back next week. Uh, if we miss something, uh, you can, you, yeah, I guess we missed it. So that's what you want that. us to talk about. That'd be, you know, useful. Yeah, I guess if there's something that we, you want us to talk about and it's like good, then maybe we'll talk about it. I, I don't really know how this is going to work because it, it, it's a weekly show. So if your comment's old, then we're not going to talk about it. But like, you know, just let us know. I don't know. You could, Yeah, we have. I have a Facebook page. You can message me if you want. All right. Well, thanks for watching, guys. And uh, we'll see you next week. Have a good, Have a good time. Thanks again, guys.